look, I would presume that the one area upon which we'd all agree as it relates to the Marcus Allen mess, Deontay Johnson and all that, is that something would have to be done, right? So why can't we agree that something could be done behind the scenes and we just wouldn't know about it? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. No, I'm not perpetuating this. Yes, there is an actual new angle to the Allen slash Johnson thing from over the weekend in Charlotte because down in Charlotte, when Mike Tomlin was asked about it, uh, specifically about Allen, his only response was, it's three points. And he didn't mean that in a dismissive way as if the three points don't matter. He meant it as in, it's three points he just cost us. But he didn't get into anything, uh, didn't come close to elaborating on anything, so everything had to be left to the imagination. Well, guess what? After Tomlin's press conference yesterday on the South Side, it's still left to the imagination. And you know what? It's going to stay there. Because that's where it belongs. And take that, please, considering that I'm a reporter and I would much, much rather have the story to be able to break it for you. I never want anything to stay where it is, but I can see the stance. I can respect the stance. If you're a showboat type head coach, you're going to want to make a spectacle out of it. You're going to want to... Show everybody who's boss. You can't get away with this. You can't do that. And if only to send a message to the rest of the team right there in plain sight. But also, if you've got a little bit of, you know, ego issues to you, to send it to the rest of the NFL because you just got embarrassed institutionally in front of the football world. Because by the time Monday morning came around, Anybody who'd missed that play on Sunday got to see it a million times over on the various shows. In fact, I'd argue that it would be the easy-slash-lazy route for a coach to just go right ahead and bury the guy. Go ahead and take the action that people like me and maybe people like you would have wanted to see right away, which is just cut him on the spot. Cut him on the spot. All we'd say afterward is, yeah, way to go, coach, or even if you're cynical about it, it's about time, Mr. Players Coach, or whatever it is that you got. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. And I'm having a really, really hard time finding the basis for criticizing him for that. Now, that said, he doesn't always handle these things super well from the public relations standpoint, does he? This was his actual response yesterday at the press conference when he was asked about his handling of Allen in particular. I'll leave that in-house. I'm not going to give you the pound of flesh you're looking for. See, that I don't like. If I can respect what you do as a head coach, why can't you respect what I do as a reporter? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported. 
academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. There's nothing, nothing that any coach or manager in any sport does that's more lame than to blame some sort of internal controversy on the media. There just isn't. The media was not on the field, and I know I was there. I I was in the press box safely, you know, 200 feet away whenever Allen decided that it would be a brilliant move on his part to poke his head in the Carolina huddle and have a 15-yard penalty assessed to him right when his defense had just gotten off the field. I wasn't out there. To my knowledge, nobody from the media was out there that made Allen do that. No one from the media was on the visiting sideline, although it was a little bit further away, so I can't be sure to what extent a reporter would have engineered however Tomlin might or might not have responded in the moment. A media member was not the one who sent Allen out for the next special teams phase. And finally, by the time it was all done, a media member was not the one who answered its three points. In the press conference, media asked the question, the question was answered, that was that. So for him to come out with this pound of flesh, I'm sorry, but that's crap, okay? I I can defend the head coach on the general stance and take umbrage to that component of it. Nobody's, you don't, I, I, look, I'm just one person, okay? Just one reporter, but I'm not going to the Steelers practice facility thinking to myself, boy, I'd like to get a pound of Marcus Allen's flesh. I'd really like to see him suffer for this. You know, we're just going there to do our jobs, just like he is and just like Allen is. Our jobs happen to be commentating on football, reporting on football, whatever it is, whatever media role you happen to be in, that's the job. And you're not going there for some pound of flesh. But what he does with this pound of flesh is he kind of gives off an excuse to the whole thing. Because I can promise you he used that line in some form or other with Alan himself. Yeah, that's the media. They'll take stuff like that and they'll run with it. He's said things like this before. There's precedent for it. And he doesn't need to do that either. The action itself was just trash. One of the dumbest things I've seen in organized sport in all my years of covering them. And he doesn't have to come up with a, the media, this or that. I'm not going to give you your pound of flesh. Give me a break. I I, I swear, this wasn't even going to come up today. And what you heard for the better part of this segment The opening of it was exactly how I felt. He should keep this behind closed doors, but he really ought to let him have it. Okay? Not for my sake. I couldn't care less. And actually, not for the fans' sake either. He shouldn't be worried about what the fans think about it. He should be worried about whatever in the Steelers' culture would have someone like this feel comfortable doing this and not fearing for their future in the NFL, not fearing for the remainder of their paycheck, not fearing for being publicly humiliated 
by being cut. Everything you've worked toward in your life as a football player being ended in a single moment. Why? Why? Maybe because you're just thinking to yourself, ah, even if I do something. The only reason anyone would have a negative reaction to it is because the media would be out to get a pound of flesh. When we come back, J1Q. Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Joe in Nebraska, who says, DK, what if the meaningless streak narrative has been used for two main purposes? One, used by Tomlin supporters to blunt criticism made about his shortcomings as a coach, and two, used by the organization to tout their stability and convince themselves that they're only a few tweaks away from being a contender versus doing a rebuild. Joe, you threw so many narratives into this that I don't even know where to start picking it apart, but I'm certainly going to take a shot at all of them. The first one, used by Tomlin supporters. Let me stop you right there. What is a Tomlin supporter? Why does everything have to be divided as if it's politics? What are the other ones? The Tomlin haters? Why did why does it have to be like that? Why can't you just do like for example what I did in the opening segment there? I found things I liked about the way Tomlin handled the Allen thing. I found something that I really really didn't like. I shared both of those with you. What side of the fence am I on? Are you a Tomlin supporter or are you a hater? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't there be gray? Doesn't that offer everyone the you know the most reasonable, smartest way to come to a fair conclusion about somebody or something? Why do you have to anoint yourself something? I, I, I just can never get past stuff like that. But I did in your case. I kept reading. To blunt criticism made about his shortcomings as a coach. Okay, I guess that's part of why the narrative would exist. That actually makes sense. I, I'll, 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 I'll go along with you on that one because it's an easy defense. It's an easy defense. You can say, hey, listen, the guy has just been amazingly consistent and whatever else here. And it's true. And it's true. Two, you say used by the organization to tout their stability and convince themselves. Okay, stopping again. The next person associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers above the player level who I hear talking about Tomlin's non-streak, and it really isn't even a streak, will be the first. And I talk to a lot of them on a regular basis. 
No one has ever brought this thing up, not in any way, shape, or form, not when things were going great, not when they're what they are now. Not once. I have no earthly idea how anybody can think that anyone associated with the Steelers would think, hey, let's really send out this message about this non-streak, which it is. A streak of non-losing seasons really isn't even a thing. If it was a streak of winning seasons, however minute that difference might seem, that would actually be something. This isn't. If you have to explain what a streak is, it's not a streak. Continuing. Convince themselves that they are only a few tweaks away from being a contender versus doing a rebuild. Joe, you've watched this season, my man. When you put Kenny Pickett out there and you say he's our guy, that's your rebuild. That is your rebuild. You have made that decision right then and there. You are saying this is the future at our most important position, and we're going to stand by him. We're going to give him 2022. We're going to work toward making him better, the offense better, and everything, but we're doing it through him. That's the rebuild. The other thing is that they'd have some kind of uh, aversion to a rebuild. There's no need to have an aversion to a rebuild unless you go into some completely nuclear mode where you just give up everything in exchange for a hundred zillion draft picks, the way we've seen in the past with Cleveland and so forth. Hardly anybody does that. A rebuild, a true rebuild in the NFL means you buy yourself time for a new young quarterback and you just keep adding around him, which in this league never takes long. You and I can get into... Uh, All kinds of back and forth about what positions are there that need to be addressed. Cornerback, defensive line, left tackle, right down the list, right? But you also can go and get one of those in free agency next year or in the draft next year. And that doesn't mean it's a, you know, snap your finger and everything's fine because that adjustment to new players and new people takes time as well. But the idea that a rebuild in football is equal to, say, the more commonly discussed rebuilds in Major League Baseball. No, 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 no. I appreciate the question, though, Joe. I always, always welcome a chance to go at little things like this. So good stuff. I appreciate everybody listening to this show. Let's do another one tomorrow. (laughs) 